What a great time to be a Giant, be a fan of the Giants. Like we have something going here. We're building something special, and you know you can see it from the outside and inside. It's even more beautiful. Reflecting on everything that got me here, just to see that uniform, and you know I, I watched. That's the team I watched the most growing up. Cause my dad was a Giants fan. So once a Giant, always a Giant. For me, it's only a Giant. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of All In with Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by NorthJersey.com and The Record. I am your host, Art Stapleton, and we are another day into game week. Cowboys-Giants primetime Sunday night is approaching rapidly. Giants will be on the practice field again on Wednesday, and then the players have off on Thursday. Return to the practice field Friday, and then it's game weekend Saturday, their walkthroughs and meetings, and then a long wait on Sunday for 8.20 kickoff, Giants-Cowboys. Giants are 0-5, I believe, in their Sunday night football openers, which is not a a promising start, but I guess the tide is about to turn at some point. Uh, Clearly, they've lost 10 straight games, in which Dak Prescott has started for the Cowboys. Uh, Dak is 10-2, and two, and as I get to a little later in the show, it's hard to believe that Dak was swept by the Giants as a rookie in 2016, and he has not lost to the Giants since. On today's show, I really enjoyed this interview. Evan Neal, second-year pro, right tackle. A lot of eyes will be on Evan Neal Sunday night against the Cowboys, and every game after that. Uh, We know how Evan fared last year. Did not fare very well against the Cowboys in the game at MetLife Stadium. He was injured and did not play in Dallas on Thanksgiving. But his side, the right side, was victimized for three sacks last year against the Cowboys uh, and really started the snowball rolling downhill for Evan Neal last year. And then by the time he was able to kind of pick up his confidence and pick up his game, he ended up getting hurt and missed about a month of action after that. Uh, So really an up and down year last year. We get into that with Evan. I'll talk to him about a bunch of different things, about the pressure and urgency that he feels this year. Uh, And he's confident, as you'll see from our interview, that he will be the player that not only everyone else believes he can be, but that he believes he can be. Uh, And some of that comes with blocking out the noise that kind of got to him a little bit early on in last year. He opens up about that as well. So I think you'll enjoy that interview. And also, by popular demand, or at least by demand by myself and Chris Bizignano uh, from Giant Insider, we do a little crossover. Chris and I sat in the Tom Coughlin Garden outside of the Giants facility yesterday and. 94 degree heat and broke everything down for you. What you need to know about the Giants, what we saw this summer. Uh, I like getting Chris's opinions because we're not always on the same page. So it's nice to have kind of a different voice. Uh, So I think you'll enjoy the interview with Chris and I uh, and uh, get you ready for Sunday. Kind of looking at the Giants roster, things we think, projections, that kind of thing. It's a good show today. So Without further ado, up first, we go inside the Giants locker room. Number 73, right tackle, Evan Neal. 
how eager are you? It seemed like this summer was a slow burn. Obviously, you had the concussion, but to, to show what you've improved on and how you've grown your game. I'm extremely eager, and um, I'm definitely excited to go out there as a team and uh, you know just function well and perform well as an offense. Um, I feel like my growth is going to be displayed over the duration of the year. But, uh, you know, week one divisional opponent, Sunday night football, you know, you can't get a better stage or a better atmosphere to do that. So I'm excited. You know what the attention can do if things don't go well. Yeah. How much did you learn from that night? Have you gone back to the lessons you learned that night against the Cowboys to, to kind of learn from? I definitely learned from that experience, you know, and I'm thankful for it. You know, it. It taught me a lot about myself. It taught me a lot about, you know, other people in general, um, for sure. So I definitely, you know, reference uh, back on that, you know, as need be. What did you learn about yourself? Um, I, I learned how to turn, you know, just drown out the noise. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, being a first-year player, you know, in this market, you know what I'm saying? It, you know, it, it gets chippy, you know, at times, you know what I'm saying? Um, and uh, the labels that were out there and all of the, the other things and, you know, the things that people say, you know, as a football player that been performing at a high level my entire life, I, you know, hadn't had to deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Um, so just growing through that, um, really, like, I'm really thankful for, you know what I'm saying? Because people are going to talk. Everybody has their opinion. But, you know, that, that doesn't affect Evan, you know, or who Evan is. When you look back, at, and I'm sure you've watched clips of yourself from last year, mm-hmm. and they'll be coming up as you guys are preparing for opponents again. Do you see a different player? I do. do you st- what's different about the Evan Neal you see versus the Evan Neal that you feel? Well, from last, since last year, if that's what you're referring to, I played yeah. last year. Yeah, when it, that, that game against Dallas, but every game. I mean, you're going to be mm-hmm. watching those film, you know, that film if you yeah. haven't already. I just, I just had a, a year to get more mature, um, definitely more poised out there. Uh, for sure, I'm a lot more confident in our system. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm more comfortable playing that right tackle. It's my second year doing it in a row. Um, so it's, just, it's my second year. I just got a better feel for things. Like, things aren't as unexpected. You know what I'm saying? Like, I kind of, you know, know what's going on. So it's easier for me to just, you know, stick to my routine. You know what I'm saying? I remember you last year. You know, you were pretty confident in terms of, you know, I, I know I'm going to work my way through this. I'm going to mm-hmm. get through this. This is not an easy level to just work your way through things, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you almost need that break to kind of reconfigure things in, in yourself. Yeah. Is that what this offseason played for you? Do you think that it kind of gave you the opportunity to kind of not have to get back on the field the, the next day, but also kind of you know dig into what you needed to change versus what in, was actually playing out? Yeah, this this offseason uh, was great. Uh, my first offseason, I had so much just free time on my hand. You know, you know, wasn't playing football, didn't have to go to school or anything like that. So I just had a lot of time to just. Just, just relax, man. You know, rest my mind. Um, you know, get around family. You know, um, just do some traveling. Um, you know, just kind of like a, a, a peace of mind. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, not worrying about you know the opponent. You know, from the upcoming week, just actually had time to you know relax. So I was thankful for that. Um, but after a while, football started back up. Started working out, training right. OTAs and stuff like that. Um, put a lot of hard work in this offseason. Uh, with my ass off. So uh, I'm excited to go out there and showcase. 
you mentioned your mind. Mm-hmm. When things snowball in this league, mm-hmm. does the mind hurt the body in a sense that it, it changes the way you you know you you're taught to focus on your technique, but when your mind starts playing tricks on you, it's almost like the mind takes over and then you forget the things that you're supposed to be doing, right? I mean, is that kind of what you healed first this offseason? The idea of your mind is now in a right place for you to, to be right physically and technique-wise well, and everything else. Your body does what your mind tells it to do. Um, and I feel like I was doing that last year. You know what I'm saying? Last year was just, you know, I didn't have a poor year last year. I just didn't have the, you know, the year that, you know, other people, you know, expected out of Evan. But Evan, you know, in Evan's terms, the way Evan see it, I had a solid year last year. Now, obviously, you know, I expect a lot more out of myself. Um, but, yeah, I've always prided myself on being a mentally tough guy. You know, always, whenever things get tough, you know, I grit my teeth down and I work even harder. You know, that's why I was so confident about, you know, uh, getting through those things last year because I knew that, uh, you know, the work on my end was never going to stop. Right. You know, I knew it was only going to be a matter of time before I would, you know, kind of, you know, break that plateau and, you know, become the player that, you know, I know I am. And uh, even this year, you know, I'm sure there's going to, you know, be some challenges. There's going to be some adversity and I'm still going to have to, you know, grit my teeth down and, you know, fight through those things. Uh, that's just about life, man. Football can teach you a lot about life. <laughs> You didn't get the opportunity to see Dallas a second time last year. What, did you almost feel that missed opportunity to kind of show how far you had come from that week three, or, or was it just one of those things where you know what, next time I see him, I'm going to see him? I don't, I don't look at it as a missed opportunity, man, because uh, I played a lot of other games last year that you know showcased my growth throughout the season. A lot of formidable opponents, I agree not just the uh, Dallas Cowboys for sure. But hey, I was rehabbing, I was coming back for from my MCL. I just wanted to make sure that um, I was you know back 100% ready. I didn't want to put a product out there that you know could be a hindrance to what we were doing you know what I'm saying I just wanted to be you know sure I was ready to go uh, you know came out the next week and you know played against the Redskins because I felt ready Uh, when you look at the guy who's going to run out on the field on Sunday Mm -hmm. beforehand what's running through your mind in the locker room in terms of your approach for year two and what you want to be and what you want this team to be probably more more importantly you're going to take it one snap at a time. Uh, you know, I can't think about too many things. Uh, I can't control everything. I can just, I can just control, you know, my play one snap at a time. You know what I'm saying? And uh, when I approach the game like that, I know I'm going to have success. Um, you know, just going out there and being the best that I can be to help this team win. Because uh, every man in this locker room, you know, you know, put in a tremendous, you know, amount of work. And uh, I respect, you know, all of that, you know, about these men. And uh, just want to go out there and play the best that I can, you know, so I can help this team win. How much individual work have you put in, like, film-wise, studying mm-hmm. Lawrence and Parsons and the guys that Dallas has in front? Well, I watch film every day. Um, just my regular, you know, film study. Just turning on the iPad, just watching those guys, you know, watching their rush patterns, watching their different fronts, um, you know, how they play, you know, as a defense up front. Uh, just constantly watching, watching, watching. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's that's you just gotta watch. That's it. You, to me, watching you this summer, having watched essentially every mm-hmm. snap you took last year and then in the summer, you look like a big focus was on your footwork and getting out of your stance quicker than maybe last year. Mm-hmm. Is that comfort or is that just? 
you know, what you improved this year as far as your, your footwork and being able to adjust mm. speed to power and that kind of thing? I feel like it was a little bit of both. Um, a lot more comfortable in my stance, getting out of my stance, a lot more, you know, confident in the offense. So, you know, I'm just, you know, focused on how, I'm, how am I going to beat the guy, you know, that's lined up across me opposed to, you know, what was the play that was called, you know, what's my read or is it this or is that, you know what I'm saying? So, um, definitely just a, a year of growth, you know what I'm saying? My second year in this league, second year in this system. Um, so a lot of growth has been made, and uh, I'm going to showcase it throughout the duration of the season. When somebody like me says, boy, if Evan Neal can turn it up this year, it could be the difference in this offense going from here to another level. What is when you hear that? I know you block out the noise, mm. but I would imagine you have a confidence level in you that you can be a player on this offense that they can count on. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say that you feel like you can be one guy that they can really count on this it's year? It's not a feeling, or I know I am. You know, and uh, throughout the duration of this season, you know, I'm going to show that. So uh, really, I can do all the talking that I want, but uh, you know, Sunday's around the corner, and uh, we're gonna have a week two after that, and a week three after that. You know, those are all new, fresh opportunities for me to go out there, you know, and showcase that. Evan Neal, you too. See? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Appreciate you. I trust you, man. Thanks, man. So thanks to Evan Neal for taking the time yesterday uh, after practice in the locker room. And we'll be doing more of the locker room interviews. I I like the opportunity to be able to get, uh, even if it's, Shorter interviews. This one was pretty long with Evan, around 10 minutes, usually what we get uh, when we do our setup out in the field house or on the patio uh, for the special editions of the podcast. But when it comes to looking at this locker room and getting the players involved, uh, this seems to work well. So I think the audio is good. You know, sometimes we have some background noise with stuff going on in the locker room. So hopefully you can deal with that. Uh, as listeners, but appreciate the content that we're bringing you, uh, trying to shake things up and continue to move forward and, and uh, make this the best podcast we can and the best one uh, involving the Giants that, that you can enjoy as fans being all in. Uh, so as I teased in the open, sat down with Chris Bizignano yesterday, talking all things Giants, going back to the spring, uh, what we're seeing, what we expect, previewing Sunday night. Uh, So I think you'll enjoy that one. And uh, just wanted to point out a couple stories that I've done this week on NorthJersey.com. If you have not subscribed to NorthJersey.com, please do. It helps our coverage. We will be on all the trips this year. We're going to Arizona and San Francisco, so we will be out there and – be able to give you insight uh, with the Giants, regardless of where they are, home and away. Uh, Hopefully you'll check out my Daniel Jones story, talked about what's next for him and his evolution as a quarterback. Really really good insight from Shea Tierney, the quarterback's coach. Got some good stuff from Darius Slayton uh, and from Daniel Jones in terms of reinventing his game a little bit. Uh, Not just the off-platform throws, but the different angles that he's using, uh, trying to improvise a little bit more. uh, And it'll be interesting to see how that takes shape once the regular season starts and people start game planning for what the Giants are trying to do. Also did a column on Joe Shane and Brian Dable 
and just the alignment and the empowerment that they give to their staffs and how that works together and how that meshes together, uh, putting together a team, not just on the field, but off the field. Hopefully you enjoy that column as well. Uh, so that's that. Make sure you continue to check on everything on NorthJersey.com. If you have not subscribed to our newsletter, make sure you do. NorthJersey.com slash all in. Pretty simple. A-L-L-I-N. All you need is an email address and it'll be delivered to your mailbox right around 10 a.m. every Friday morning. Exclusive content in there, plus links for all the stories during the week uh, and some special things that we have planned over the course of the season. So now it's time to head to our interview with Chris Bizignano and uh, hope you enjoy Chris and everything he brings to the table. I think uh, the two of us have a good back and forth, so hopefully you enjoy it. All right, joining me now, this is uh, a much-anticipated episode. Uh, got an interview with Mr. Giant Insider. I worked for the paper a little while before yes, you, you and uh, Jerry took over and uh, made it your own, so congrats on that. Chris Bizignano, Biz, as we love to call you, and, and as Aaron Rodgers loves to call you, <laughs> who? <laughs> I'm sure if you saw that video that you're referring to, Art, that Aaron Rodgers is probably saying a few other things about me. But look, Art, it's a pleasure to be on, man. We've been wanting to do this for the last few weeks, talk a little Giants football. So let's get at it, brother. Absolutely. And we are on audio. We are not on video. It is 94 degrees out and yeah. humid. So if you wanted to wear your tank top, you could wear your tank top. I could have got I mean, away with it today. You could Yeah, have. matter of fact, I should have fought. I don't think yeah, I, I could. But you know what? That's for another story. <laughs> Chris, going into this season, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of attention on Sunday night. Yeah. We know the history of the Giants against the Cowboys is not very good in recent years, going back to 2016 when they swept Dak twi- you know, as a rookie. Yeah. And uh, ever since, Dak has dominated them when, when he's played them. First off, what are your thoughts going into the Sunday? What are you thinking in terms of this team overall? What do you like? Yeah. What maybe you, you have questions about? Yeah, well, I tell you, Art, for the first time in a while, I, I have a pretty good feeling going into this game against Dallas. Um, look, you have to like what the Giants did this offseason as far as the receiving group, the speed on his roster, something they didn't have last year. You know, they didn't have those impact receivers. And now they bring out uh, Joe Brings in, you know, the trade with Darren Waller. I know he's a tight end, but he's going to be lined up on that outside. The speed of the Paris Campbell's, the Jalen Hyatt draft, draft pick. And, of course, Mr. Barkley, you know, which is going to open up a lot of things for Saquon. So, for the first time, man, you know, I think Dallas is defense. I think Dan Quinn's going to look at this team. I say, hey, we got you know, we got this guy, we got this guy. We're gonna have to match up here and there. Not just, you know what? Let's throw six, seven in the box. We'll worry about twenty-six. We're not too concerned about anything else, which has basically been been a story the last few years. So, hey, I, you know what? Art? I'm pretty sure Dan Quinn's sitting up in his office saying, hey, this team, this team speed is increased, and we're gonna have to match up here and there. Hey, the days are seven in the box can't do that anymore okay yeah that's gonna be huge for Saquon man I, you know we'll get into a little bit more you know as we move along but man I think Saquon's gonna be the benefit this the most yeah it's kind of a you know 
I asked Abel today about the the unknowns. You know, you go into week one. I think McCarthy said, what, about 35, uh, 40% of what teams are going to run are are really unshown looks from the summer. So, yeah, unscouted looks. So, you don't really know what teams are going to show. I mean, I think we have a sense of what Dable and Kafka want to bring to this offense. But Saquon, to me, is the biggest question mark, and I don't mean that question mark for him. We know the talent. I think he's going to be incredibly productive. But they didn't show Saquon at all this summer. And the way this offense has the potential of changing with Waller and Paris Campbell and Hyatt and then obviously Hodgins for a full year, Slayton for a full year, people forget Darius wasn't active in week one last year. So you take all of that aside, 26 is still 26. And they hope that this is a better offensive line. Right. What are you expecting from Saquon? And do you feel the same way as I do that you just Sunday night could kind of be, you know, coming out party part two for Saquon Absolutely. because we really haven't seen him uh, on the field and making plays this summer. Right. Oh, it reminds you a little bit of his rookie year. Like, okay, we all know the hype, but okay, let's see him, right? Let's see him. 2018. Okay, let's see. Say, well, this year, like you said, we haven't seen him in preseason. Okay, now they added weapons. Okay, so how's Mike Kafka and Dave's going to use him? What wrinkles are they going to throw in with Saquon? You know, I think we saw a little bit of that in camp, Art. You know, a little bit of the, maybe some of the different routes and all that. So I, some of the wrinkles I feel, Art, a little bit of a different route running with Saquon this season. Watch for him a little bit more. Now, I know we had the 91 receptions rookie year and all that. But, man, I, I'm looking for him a little bit more and in out in of the backfield this year. Yeah. Going to have to match up with him. You're going to have to match up with him. You know, and that's that's something I think Kafka and Dave are going to really... Like you said, though, right? He's on an unknown. Okay, so Dan Quinn's going to look at it and go, okay, we didn't see him and all that stuff this preseason, you know, but we know what he could do. The key to, to me, oh, it's going to be what do Kafka and Dave, what new wrinkles do they throw in for Saquon? And obviously, like, like I just talked about a little while ago, hey, those guys... Those speed, the Darren Waller, especially Darren Waller. Yeah. That's going to open up that box. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous what Darren Waller is going to do for this team. Ridiculous for guys with speed, what they do for a guy like Saquon, where you're going to have to match up on the outside, in the slot, and all that. So, man, I'm expecting big things out of 26 this year. I really am. I was talking to Paris Campbell a couple weeks ago, and he said, you know, the best thing about, uh, he said 12 and 26. He said the best thing about 12 is that, you know, all the attention is going to go to Waller, and Guys like him, uh, Shep, uh, and even Saquon in that situation, you know, Wandell when he's back on the field and, and ready to go. Uh, the op- the middle of the field for the Giants, and that we know that's where they want to attack. Right. They want to attack that that middle of the field. You Absolutely. look what they did against Minnesota last year in the playoffs. Now, I know a different level of defense that, you know, and they were, Vikings were just, you know, spin, their heads were spinning by the time that, that, you know, that schematically that got done that game. Yeah. But, um, you know, it'll be very interesting. Let's talk the offensive line a little bit because they are some unknowns too. Uh, John Michael Schmitz takes over at center. Um, what will they do at guard? I know what I think, but I'll ask you what you think the, the lineup is going to be uh, with, you know, left guard and right guard. But are we overlooking the line? And 
even if they're an average group this year, do they give this opportunity, this offense, an opportunity to really become something special? Yeah, and, and just quick backtrack. Yeah, let's not forget Daniel Bellinger, who's going to take, Agreed. who's going to be, who's going to really benefit in that red zone area for oh, Darren no Waller. You're going to see guys doubling. You're going to see guys bracketing Waller and guys like Bellinger. You saw it in the preseason game. But yep. getting back to your question, so all right, so I'm going to go. What I think is going to happen, I think it's going to be Brennison, the left guard. I think it's going to be Glow, Gorinsky, the right guard to start off. But, Art, I don't think that's necessarily going to be every series. Yeah. I think if a guy has a mediocre series or they're going to rotate, you're going to see a Zudu in there. Okay? I think you're going to see him getting some snaps. Nothing said. Okay, so you got Brennison and Glowinski starting Sunday night first series. That doesn't mean Brennison is going to be out there the second series. That doesn't mean Glow is going to be out there. I could see Zudu a left guard at times, and I could see Brennison shifting over to right if they don't like the way Glowinski's playing. So that you could tell the whole training camp. It's no secret. We've been tweeting it. Everybody's been seeing it. They're going to move those guards around a little bit. Yeah. They're going to be movable parts. John Michael Schmitz, no. He's there. He's been there, I think, since the second week, right out of camp. Yeah. He's been basically Dude, solidified. Kind of took the job in Detroit. Kind of took the job and ran with it. That's what they wanted, you know. But, they, but he took the job and ran with it. Hey, God bless him, man. You know, just because they put him with the ones in week two didn't mean he was going to hold on to the ones, but he did. Okay, so look, is he going to go through some problems as a rookie? Yeah, absolutely. But the guards are the thing. But the biggest thing, odd to me, the biggest thing is that Evan Neal in year two is going to have to take that next step. Yep. If Evan Neal, not that he was bad last year, but let's face it, he had growing moments. So I'm going to be nice about it. He had some yeah. growing pains. He gave up pressures. He gave up sacks. Can't have that this year. Will it happen? It's, of course, we all know that. But the point being is that he has to take the number one pick, as we all know. He's yeah. going to have to take that next step up to kind of settle down his offensive line. Nobody's worried about Andrew, a left tackle. We all know that. And Schmitz is a rookie. Okay, we'll see. You know, But I'm not... I feel pretty good about him too, Art, but Evan Neal, to me, is the key. He has to settle down that position. He can't be giving up pressures and sacks because, to me, Art, if that's, you know, if he plays like he did his rookie year, not, I'm saying it's bad, but that inconsistency, that could be a problem with this offense. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, going back and looking at that first Cowboys-Giants game, yeah. uh, you know, Neal didn't play the second game. That was on Thanksgiving. Right. Adoree didn't play the second game. That was on Thanksgiving. Yet Giants still somehow made it a one-score game. It really didn't feel like that as we were watching the game. Yeah. But if you go back to that week three game, uh, you know, Evan Neal's side was responsible for three sacks. Yeah. While wow. one of them, they ended up catching Bellinger too. You know, it was Bellinger and Neal. They got caught on on some games. And I think yeah. that's where the Cowboys' defense has really given the Giants problems is that they like to run their games up front, their stunts. Yep. yep. And, you know, there were times this year in the summer where, you know, maybe the Giants didn't play those stunts and those twists very well. And I think, you know, that'll be a huge factor Sunday night is that, you know, can – can they play the Cowboys straight up and not have to worry about all these games? You know, you got to get try to get a lead and try to be able to run the football and play the game. But people forget, Chris, and I kind of forgot too. Saquon's touchdown run last year when he beat the safety and ran to the mm-hmm. end, the left corner of the end zone. Yeah. Giants were up. Halfway through the third quarter, Giants were up in that game. Yep. Now, I know it was Cooper Rush and not Dak Prescott, but, you know, Giants were competitive week three going into that game last year. Absolutely. Uh, they were actually favored, believe it or not, uh, in that game. I've gone back and looked. So, uh, I agree with you with Evan Neal. I think, I think Neal, you know, look, if you talk to Neal as you have, as I have, going back to last season, he's a smart kid. Mm-hmm. He 
knows what he wants to prove in this league, uh, and it remains to be seen if if he's going to be able to execute that. I do think this summer he was quicker out of his stance. Mm-hmm. I think that will help uh, the transitioning to going from you know your sets in pass set and then trying to recover. I think he'll be able to do that better. Um, but look. The best tackles in the league have problems with Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence. So Absolutely. if those are the guys that are trying to zero up one-on-one, the Giants have to do a good job of, of scheming it up and making sure that, you know, Evan Neal's not hanging out there, yep. you know, one-on-one in a first game of the season against elite pass rushers. Let him settle in a little bit. Oh, the biggest thing you just talked about, I, when I came into this camp, I wanted to see Evan, his feet. Yeah, I wanted to see him. How was he firing out into his stance? And he worked in that with Willie Anderson, the old pro, you know, in the offseason, the old, the old Bengals tackle. The yep. old, he, was a, he was a pro bowler for like three or four years. Really good tackle back in the day. You remember him. I know for sure you remember him. Really good player. So he fought. So I was looking for that. And I, I thought, oh, you tell me. I thought I saw improvement. I thought he, see, he looked like he was quicker with his feet. And Evan admitted to us. Look, we're not inventing a wheel, Art. He even admitted it to us, right? He right. admitted, look, I got to get better with my feet. I got to fire my hands in this and that. There's a lot of things I need to work on. And he did. Hey, Art, he just didn't sit in the offseason, go home and watch videos and work out a little bit. No, he dedicated himself to what he needed to improve on the offseason. And like you said, look, you don't want to go you know, after a few series against Dallas, and they're doing those. And you're going to see it, Art, from Dan Quinn. He's going to do those TE twists with Micah and Demarcus. Okay, they're going to do it up front. They love to do it. That's what Quinn loves to do. And if Evan's struggling, now you got to adjust. Now you got to get him help. Now you got to get Bellinger over there. You got to chip guys. You got to eat Giants don't want to do that. Right. They want guys blocking one on one. They, want, you know what I mean. You can An offensive coordinator doesn't want to go. Oh, we got to adjust now. We got to get help to this guy. We got to get help to this guy. So that's going to be a key to the game. And you can't have Lawrence blow up the game like he did last year. Mike is going to be all over. But what are you going to see a lot? Mike is going to look. You think Mike is going to be over Andrew most of the time? No, he's going to move around like he always does. Right. They're going to be fighting. And they're going to be fighting. They want to go over there. They're going to be over Evan's side. Demarcus will be over there at times. They're going to do those twists, or they're going to do those straight up man on rush, and it's, that's going to be one of the keys of the game. You know, let's talk about uh, the def- well, flip sides to go to the defense this year. And, yeah. um, you know, there are a couple things that stick with me. One, I mean, we might as well get that out of the way, the idea of the two rookie corners uh, and knowing that Tay Banks – Tay, not Deontay, as you and I both have said. <laughs> I think we were the only ones that were saying Tay for a while. <laughs> uh, and Trey Hawkins the third, six-round pick from Old Dominion. I, I mean, normally you'd be going into this game going, boy, uh, we re- you know, Giants are really putting out two rookies at corner. Mm-hmm. And I think it was by design. Uh, you know, I remember the day, the morning that I heard that, you know, in camp that they were going to try Dory in the slot because yep. things weren't working with Cordell Flott and Darnay Holmes as mm-hmm. the starter. And they knew week one, CeeDee Lamb is playing, I think it's 65 or 70% yeah. of his snaps. It's probably more spot. now with Brandon Cooks out there. Yeah. Right. So you want to put the rookies on the outside and put a Dory inside. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. That, yeah. to me, is a huge key on Sunday night is that if those corners can hold up. And I'll include all three of them because a Dory... While he has played in the slot, it, it's a new position if yeah. he's playing there Absolutely. full time. Absolutely. Uh, how does that play out in your <laughs> mind uh, from what you've seen this summer? Well, uh, look, we've reported it, right? It wasn't like some gadget or oh, still Trey Hawkins. He earned this, Trey Hawkins. He's earned this since the moment they started putting him with once. He forced the Dory inside. You know, he won that position. So they moved the Dory inside. Like you said, not a lot of confidence in Flott and Donnie Holmes. 
There really isn't, you know. And um, so, is it risky? Oh, look, there's two rookies against veteran receivers Sunday night. Brandon Cooks is over there now. I think he's got like six 1,000-yard season. CD's one of the best in the game. Michael Gallup always seems to hurt the Giants. So it's going to be risky. It's going to be risky. But look, that's this coaching staff from day one has told us what, Art. We don't care where you're drafted. We don't care if you're UDFA. We don't care where you come from. If you earn it, you're playing. Well, Trey's earned it. Yep. And now we're going to find out Sunday night. But they have confidence in him. Oh, and I talked to somebody recently in the building, and I was like, man, is the confidence level that high with Trey? I mean, it, it, Hey, Chris, listen, Wink loves him. They love the move with the Dory because they weren't crazy about, you know, Flot. And Flot doesn't have a big slot-sized body on Right. Okay? Don A could do things. He's a physical. He could tackle. But Don A in space is right. not the best cover slot corner. We know that, right? So, hey, this was a god. This was a godsend to them where Trey won that job on the outside. And they could put a Dory inside. They feel a little more comfortable with that cover guy in the inside, especially... Like we just talked about, you got you're gonna have C D lined up in a slot a whole lot. Especially now with Brandon Cooks, he's an outside guy, he's that X guy on the outside, and you're gonna see C D a lot, and the Giants feel much better Art, with a Dory now in the inside against C D uh, for this game Sunday night. But look, Art, look, there's a lot of questions. They're two rookies. That's the bottom line. We know that they're two rookies. And it's gonna we're gonna see how it plays out, man. But there's... I can tell you this, Art, just one second before yeah, you jump yeah, in. Of course. I can tell you this, my man. Don't think there's any lack of confidence with Wink and Brian Dable. They feel real confident in these kids. Like, yeah, we're putting them out there. We feel good. And don't think Wink is going to play those cover twos and he's going to play, you know, the cover. No, he's going to leave him on an island at a time. He's going to play an aggressive man at a time. And and that speaks to the evolution of corners in this league because you would never think that a corner, it was always the the old adage, right? You can't play rookie corners in this league because (laughs) they'd always get beat, they'd struggle. Giants have seen that up close and personal. Now, whatever happened with DeAndre Baker off the field, on the field, didn't work out either. Uh, And then you go back to Eli Apple. I mean, it's amazing that Eli Apple is still in this league now with the Dolphins, but he struggled a lot early on with, with the Giants. So, you know, I don't think Banks and Hawkins are coming into the NFL untested the way previous mm-hmm. uh, first-round picks or even sixth-round picks or rookie corners are going to be tested in this league. So I like them. I've spent a lot of time with them the last couple weeks. I love them. Uh, they're, they're good kids. They're different personalities. Banks, i got to tell you this, and you, I've said this, and I know we've talked about it. Banks' personality is a heck of a lot different than what I yeah. anticipated when yeah. he got here. He's way here. different off the camera. Yep. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, it's funny, at the podium when he was here for rookie minicamp, you know, he had that innocence, kind of, yep. I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. innocence and ignorance, I would say. Yep. I don't mean a negative connotation with ignorance, but no, no. leaning into the microphones at the podium, you know, you kind of chuckle. But I talked to him about that, and he and Banks, he's, he's a confident kid, boy. Oh. And, you know, you talk about... You went head-to-head last year against the Ohio State guys and Marvin Harrison Jr., and that's really where he rose – his stock rose as Absolutely. far as Banks uh, goes. So um, I, I do like that idea of, of what they can bring to the table. Um, here's my, my thought for you. and I, What are we expecting from Xavier McKinney? You know, this summer, relatively quiet. Um, I, you know, and again, I, I'm not judging guys based on the amount of noise they make – in the summer, uh, but I think there's another another level to Xavier's game that that he needs to find and find it early, and the Giants need to do their best to find it early because he legitimately could be a playmaker for this team. Yeah. And I think they need to find that gear. What are your thoughts on that? I think he has to be on. 
I think he has to more make more impact plays. We need a little more inside exit. Look, I don't think it's a coincidence. I could be wrong on this side. But, you know, it's been bouncing around. Hey, you think Joe Shane is going to negotiate, try to work out a, a new a contract extension with Xavier this year? And, and a couple of times Joe was like, no, we're going to wait there after the season. Yeah. Art, to me, and this is not to suspect Xavier, but I think they want to see. I yeah. think they want to see another year out of him and go, look, we really like this guy. And, folks, if you don't think they really like him, I could tell you that what happened to him off the- when he had that accident in Mexico last year, they could have went another direction, the Giants. They didn't because that's how much they respect and they, yep. they like Xavier McKinney. They didn't find him, suspend him, like that. He was truthful with them. Point but. But I think they want to see another year out of him. I think Joe Shane is kind of maybe sending a message like, yeah, Xavier, we really like you. We really do. But we need a little bit more. Yep. Okay? And uh, Xavier is, is going to have to get those impact plays. Not that he hasn't made some in the past, but... You know what? He's he's back there. Wink's going to use him all over. Okay? We need some interceptions. We need some impact plays out of him. Yes, he's going to be a solid safety. We know that. He'll be up in the box making time. But impact. Uh, this game's what? About impact players. And that's something I think the Giants are going to need from him, man. You know, and obviously he's going to be that leader back there, especially with the two young guys in the corner. And you know what? Getting back to Tate Banks, you know, talking with him the other day. And we know, like he said, he was a t- look. The New York media is intimidating to these young guys. They, you know, he's you know he's he wasn't used to it. He was very shy, right? Now. He was giving one word yeah. answers and all that. And it's funny you said because I'm I'm at his locker the other day and I'm talking to him. Man, he was like a different kid away from us, away from the presses and, and the cameras and all that. And I asked him. I said, you know, have you been watching? You know, studying a lot on CD Lamb. He goes, I've been studying him for weeks. Yeah. He goes, listen, I got to be honest with you. He goes, I respect them. They're real good players, but they don't know me either. He goes, and, I, you know, I respect everybody I play against. He goes, but, man, he goes, I'm not afraid of anybody. And I like that, Art. You know, yeah. I like, it wasn't like a cocky. He's got that Baltimore in him. That's right, what, he's that's got that Baltimore in him. His coaches in Mont Maryland right? told me. Yeah. Right, he's got that Baltimore attitude, which I love, Art. As a corner, I love that. Get him out there. Look, he's not going to go into this game someday like, oh, wow, that's 88 opposite me. Or let's bring the Cooks. If I, no, bring it on. You know what I mean? In a good way. Bring it on. I'm confident. I could do my job. I could cover anybody in this league. I love that. You need that. To me, Art, you need that as a corner. Trey Hawk is a little different, a little more quieter, yeah. right? Confident, but quieter. Tay, Tay likes to talk a little bit. You get him in a locker, he likes to talk, all that stuff. Hawk, as I know, is a little quieter, but pretty confident, dude. They're both... They're both oozing with confidence going to this game. You know, so it's, it's going to be fun to watch. You talk impact. Uh, I think another player on this team that, that needs to have a, an impact consistently is Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah. Uh, I think Kayvon's approach this summer uh, has been very impressive. You know, coming off of the first season, he was focused on individual numbers. Not that he didn't want to win as a team, you know, as a team. But, yeah. you know, he had numbers in mind. And he, when he didn't hit him, he only had four sacks. He thought he would have a lot more than that. Uh, the thing that sticks with me, and I want to know your thought on it, Thibodeau said of him and Ojolari, as he's Ojolari, that you know they need to raise their level to what Dexter and Leonard bring up front right. to the defensive line. Right. I thought that was interesting, and I think that's probably coming from Wink and coming from the position coaches, the idea of, you know what, look, you guys can be special. Mm-hmm. Now you got to go out and show it. What are, you, what are your thoughts Yeah, I agree with it 100%. I think Wink challenged him. I think Wink challenged Thibodeau this whole season and says, hey, listen, you have what it takes, but we need you to get it there. Yeah. Look what Dex and Leo are doing, right? We need you to get that. I think Coach Andre Pass, who we both really respect, all yep. right? we feel he's one of the better defensive line coaches in this league, no question. I think he challenged him too, you know? Hey, Tibbs, look what my guy's here, you know what I mean? 
him and Drew Wilkins get together, hey, we got to challenge this kid a little bit more. We got to get him to another level. As far as disease, art, it's just a matter of staying healthy with him, man. Look yeah. at the numbers he's put up when he's been healthy. You know, we need him on the field, man. If he plays 17 games, what he's going to do for Thibodeau's game, too, is yep. going to be off the charts for him. That's going to open up a lot of things for him. You know, they're all fans of Thibodeau. He played a lot of last season without his bookend on the other side, you know. Yep. And Aziz is a difference maker. Oh, look, Art, a Thibodeau is a, is a pretty good pass rusher. He has to work with some stuff. The best pure pass rusher on this team is Aziz. He's got the best pure pass rushing moves. Yep. Look at his numbers in the games he's played. It's, it's imperative that he plays the 17 games. Him and Thibodeau being on the field at the same time. And I think, look, Thibodeau is a hard worker, Art. This kid, you know, I know he's got the flash going at times. I think people looked at him last year like, oh, does this kid really want to play football, you know? Does he want to? No, he's a hard worker. He wants to be great. He understands that being great in New York, that's when you get the other stuff. Like the Strahan's told him that. The Carl Banks told him that. But you have to be great as a giant on the field right. to get those. And he realizes that, odd. Oh, he's a hardworking kid, man. I think he's going to have a really good year, too. I think Thibodeau is definitely more of a complete player than uh, I thought coming in. And I think that's why the Giants liked him, is that Wink loves the idea of being able to have his edge guys drop in coverage. And you look what they did against... Uh, Bryce Young in Carolina. It was only the preseason game. Right. But that play, that series where Kayvon just dominated Ike Aquanu, mm-hmm. before that, they had He's Aziz. He was dropping mm-hmm. back at the yep. coverage, covering the yeah. slots. Yep. I mean, because that's how Wink was looking to be able to screw with the rookie quarterback. He didn't want to send 10 guys. Yep. He wanted to screw with them and see if he can get the rookie quarterback to make mistakes, to make bad throws. So I think Thibodeau... Um, People expecting, you know, 10, 15 sacks from Thibodeau. That's Mm -hmm. not necessarily his game. Mm -hmm. He may develop into that where he's getting those sack numbers. But I think you you need to appreciate Thibodeau for who he is as a complete player in this defense and where he's at. Um, All right, so that we did offense, defense. Give me the one thing that you think that people aren't talking about with this team that – you know that that's really a focal point for you. That you think come Sunday, maybe we're going to see that uh, against the Cowboys. That they aren't talking about. Um, I think people still have doubts about Daniel, but and I think Daniel's going to take it to another level this year. The confidence. Look, I remember seeing him in OTAs. And just a different way about him, the way he was walking around. I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I, I, I do. Me- I remember I do back agree. in April and May, and I was like, I was putting it on Twitter, and I was putting on, I was, I was, I was like, Daniel's really. He's got he's a different look this year, confidence wise. You know, now Art, it's his team. This is his team now. They gave him the contract. He understands that last year he was playing like, you know, hey, there was a show me year, let's face it, right? Yeah. Shane Dable like show me. Oh, you're not coming back. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it wasn't so you're not our guy. You know? He showed him. I think he's gonna have a big year. Um I know some I know people are talking, oh, Daniel got the contract, but I don't think people are still talking about him enough. I don't think people... I think a lot of doubt are still with Daniel. That they feel like, ah, he's still just a so-so. That contract, he got too much money. He shouldn't be a top 10 pay guy. You see it, right? You see it on social media. Yep. Some people that cover the sport. Then you could just feel... I think he should be talked about more. And I think after these first three, four games, and the way this season progresses, I think people will be talking about Daniel more. Um, I, I like what he brings. I, I, look, Brian Dable... What he's what he did with Josh Allen and what he's starting to do now with Daniel, right? Um, I think it's special. I think it's going to be special. Lot. I think Daniel's going to really look. He got him some weapons. He's never had a Darren Waller, right? Art since he's been here. Come yeah. on, okay. Now they gave him a lot more speed. Um, 
I think Daniel's going to have a really good year. I think people should talk about him a little bit more. Instead, of, a lot of times you see, oh, Daniel's really, and then you see the negative stuff. Yeah, he's overrated already, right? Talk about Daniel a little bit more. That's that's what I feel people should be talking about. I think you're right. I wrote the wrote the column in the you know in the summer. I asked Daniel, you know, are you an elite quarterback? I brought back the Eli, <laughs> the old Eli days, and, huh? and he said, look, you know, yeah, you know, I'm confident in what I can do. I'm paraphrasing, but uh, I think for the amount of crap that Daniel Jones takes you look at him it doesn't fit who he actually is I mean Daniel Jones works his ass off is here all the time has had the has had the respect of his teammates from day one Mm -hmm. he is respected you know in that locker room and it's just funny how you know he's a caricature Mm -hmm. nationally people talk about Daniel Jones I think it probably goes back to that run against the Eagles when he tripped and fell and you know all that stuff Um, but I agree with you I think Daniel Jones has a big year for for this team Uh, and if he doesn't then it could short circuit a lot of things that they have planned I mean it really could you know uh, just quick I was talking to Bobby Kerrigan last weekend and obviously Bobby played him last year we all know that game the Indy game they went to the playoffs the forearm shiver the forearm shiver I'll tell you about that I'll give you a quick so I said to Bobby I said Bobby what when you guys were sitting in your defensive meetings leading up to the game, I said, you know, what was the talk about Daniel? You know, and this was just me and Bobby one on one. You know, he doesn't have to give his standard press and says, Oh, we think he's great. You know, no, no, no. He was just he goes, to be honest with you, Chris, he goes, um, we felt he was a really good quarterback. We felt he had a really good arm and he could really hurt you with the legs. We look and Bobby told me, he goes, the problem last year with the Giants, he goes, that we didn't have to count for a lot of guys. He goes, on defense, we were like, okay, well, you know, Slayton get, get over the top of the day. Other than that, of course, Saquon was the main focal point, as usual. He goes, but they, but goes, we always cut in the defensive beings. We looked at Daniel as a guy like, boy, if this guy ever gets more weapons, we think he could be a pretty damn good coach. Well, now he's got them all. Now Bobby's over here. Right. The funny part was ironic, but now he winds up over here, Bobby. But he told me, he goes, man, he goes, during that game, he goes, one run against me. He goes, he gave me a stiff arm. <laughs> and he goes, I couldn't believe how big and strong he was. You know, he goes, and then when you play against him, to see the zip on his ball, he goes, you know, you see it on film and all that. He goes, yeah, the kid's got a good arm. The guy's got a... But then you see it playing against him. He goes, we were pretty impressed about his arm, too, that game. So that's just, like you said, Art, you know, Daniel, to me, is going to take it to the next level this season. You know, and Joe Shane and Dave did their best to get him weapons. And, and Darren Waller, Art, to me, is the key, man. He stays healthy. Yeah, and look at you got a little taste of it in the Carolina preseason game, and you know he's he's the key man. You know he stays healthy, so uh, I think Daniel's gonna have a really good year. All right, well we uh, I think we wrapped everything uh, everything up nicely in a nice little bow, and we'll have to do this again at some point this season. Yeah, but no doubt, as always, I appreciate you coming on, and it's been fun. And we'll see see what Sunday brings. I mean, it's gonna be fun. I think it's this team, you know, everybody keeps on talking about the schedule. This is what you want. Like, you've got to convince teams now that the Giants are the team that you don't want to see on your schedule. You know, I think everybody focuses in on the schedule and looks at all the teams on the Giants' schedule because they're still jaded by previous coaching regimes and this lack of success that they've had. I think looking at this Giants' schedule, they have every opportunity to go out and beat the teams that they need to beat in order to be where they want to be, whether that's in the division or in the NFC as a wild card. And, and that, to me, is the most interesting thing, is that can they take that step as a team where they're not going into a weekend saying, oh, boy, we can't win this one. You know, not internally, but externally. The idea of Giants fans, it's 
Giants fans have had to learn how to win again, right? Oh, absolutely. I absolutely. Mean, because they didn't do a lot of it for yep. a decade. And I think, that, to me, that's the biggest thing going, moving forward for this team going into Sunday is that, you know, this is a game you should want to play. You're underdog? Okay, you're underdog. Big deal. Go win the game. Go go win the Aud. game. Go beat Arizona. And then go take your shot at San Francisco on a Thursday night. Hey, Aud, I've been saying this for weeks about this Dallas game coming up. I'm saying, hey, this is the game you won. You know? Hey, get out there. Go against Dallas, a team that's been better than you for the you know, last six years, five years, whatever it's been, and go beat them. You wa- you should want this game Sunday night. To me, this Aud, to me, this is a big game. Make a statement to the rest of the division. Make yep. a statement to the rest of the league. Go out there and whip up. Uh, okay, beat Dallas. Just beat them, okay? If you whip up, I'm even better. But beat them. <laughs> you know, you set the statement then. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, hell, whoa, the Giants. Oh, they just beat up on Dallas. Team that won 12 games a year ago, right? A lot of people feel the Giants are not a playoff team. You know, there's kind of like a little bit of, uh, you know, got, got fortunate last year. Go out and beat this game. To me, Art. This is big because, like you just said, you win this game Sunday night, you go to Arizona, okay, and then you play the 49ers, right? And then you got the tough schedule in October, but why can't you beat them? Why right. can't you go into Miami? Why can't you go into Buffalo and beat these teams, right? Oh, to me, this is not – I know people – I've said this for weeks. This, to me, this is a big game. This is a big game Sunday night. You want to go out and win this damn game. And people came at me, come on, Chris, it's 17 games, it's 16. Yeah, but that's not the point I'm saying, God. Right. Do you agree, man? To me, it's like 100%. set the tone Sunday 100%. You know, These are the games you have to win. I mean, yeah. we know we know the Giants yeah. aren't going to say it uh, publicly, the idea no, that of not, they, no. you know, but look, they lost five games to the Eagles and the Giants uh, and the Cowboys last Absolutely. year. They, they were swept by Dallas. Uh, they were swept by the Eagles. You know, they haven't been able to beat these teams in, in a long time. And and, you know, in order to be able to get there, you got to get, to me, you got to get to second place. Whether it's the Eagles or the Cowboys in first, granted, you want to win the division. But let's take it for what it is. Right. All right, get to, get to second place. Knock right. one of these teams off and get into that second place. Now you're sitting second in the NFC East this year. You should be in the playoffs again. And mm-hmm. then that's where you kind of make that next step. And now you could size up who's in front of you and say, okay, now we're really making a push yeah. towards that team. And all, I would be seeing the same thing if the schedule came out. It was the Eagles Sunday night. I would be saying yes. the same thing. And look, we all know. I mean, it's not a secret. The Eagles are a better football team than the Giants, right? They're the class of the division right now. Okay, before we even start. So right now on paper. Things always change this league. But I would be saying the same thing, Art, if they were playing the Eagles. Hey, go out there and beat these guys at home. You know, set the me- send the message, man. Set the tone a little bit. You know, um, I think it's a big game, Art, Sunday night. I really do. I, I, I would love to see the Giants go out there and take these guys out Sunday night and just send the message to the rest of the league. Oh, Everybody's going to be watching Sunday night, right? Yep. Let's see what there are new receivers. Saquon, the whole deal. Uh, I think it's important they win. I really don't. We know the Giants are scorned, you know, Sunday night football. Yep. I think it's 0-5 or 0-6 at yeah, some point. Yeah, they're not good on primetime. <laughs> uh, we know, you know, but, you know, the biggest one of the biggest wins last year was in primetime against Washington when they went down there and basically, yeah. you know, the moved Thibodeau up game. and down the field. Yeah. The Thibodeau yeah. game, right. So, yeah. Chris, always a pleasure. Oh, it's been a pleasure, Make brother. Sure we got to do this again real soon, man. Absolutely. Make sure you check out his podcast, Giants Insider with Jerry. And, uh... That's it. So for Chris, it's Art. And as we always say, we're all in. We appreciate you all in, too. And we'll check you this week.